Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast, episode number 14. I'm speaking with Alina Muslar, all about creative career mindset and how to set yourself up for success as a creative person and make sure you're hitting your goals, but also keeping your sanity, which is something that I know a lot of us have top of mind, given the way that 2020 has gone for pretty much everybody. So I hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to connect with Alina at Lily Marie Creates. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. I'd love for you to introduce yourself in the best way you know how, since you are the expert, (laughs) and then we can get into what we were just talking about with some good info. Fantastic. So, hey, everybody. My name is Elena Muslar. I am a career and mindset coach. I specialize in working with creatives who are sometimes feeling held back from what it is they feel like they're really supposed to do. So whether that's, you know, I've got a little imposter syndrome over here, or there are, there are, there's a lot of weight of the world on my shoulders and I feel like I should be doing more, whether that's, you know, because of systemic oppression and you're trying to fight the system and you want to make sure your art does that. And it also still makes money without you feeling like you need to sell out. Like, that's the type of coaching that I do is to help people work through the roadblocks that they feel like may be in front of them to really achieve creative career success. And what does that look like for you? Chef's kiss. I love this whole description <laughs> definition. And you've had quite a uh, path to get to here. And what we talked about on Instagram was that you said you feel like the career and mindset coaching is probably something you've been doing your whole life. <laughs> you just yeah. kind of... That's so weird. It's yeah. like a call. It's a calling for me, really. It's something that I don't. I don't know. The universe had other plans, <laughs> and it. and people like talking to me, and I like helping people. So there we go. Perfection. That's like the dream combination, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to imagine with your business and everything you've got going on that. At the end of 2019, when you were making your 2020 vision board plans, goals, all of that stuff, that you couldn't have necessarily anticipated a global pandemic and a nationwide civil rights movement. Am I right on that guess? not at all. (laughs) You're so right. But what's eerie about it for me is that I actually, I remember making that vision board. I did. For honestly, the first time ever, like a legit vision board, I was like, I'm going to do this. And me and my friend did it. And the core of what I wanted my, my year to be about was liberation. Mm. Oh, I just got chills. Amazing. Right? That was, that's the center of what's on my vision board. And this whole year has been that. Not in a way I would have ever scripted, but it 
you know, sometimes speaking into existence, the thing that you know you need, and even writing it or looking at it, like the tangible act of inviting that into your space can change the way that you respond to the world around you rather than react to it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm really intentional about is how do I respond? How do I think, you know, consume and consciously create the life that I want to lead, not the one that somebody else says I'm supposed to. Yeah. Wow. I think there's so much power in what you just said completely. And I'm really curious to kind of hear how your experience was with both of those things. So we kind of had like the giant shutdown, the pandemic, things are really up in the air. For me personally, like my day to day didn't change that much. Like I was already working from home. I've been working remotely since I graduated college. Like I understand like online marketing. And I think we have this whole moment with business owners where it's like, if you didn't adapt early on and have a really optimized website and a great social presence, there's probably a chance your business really, really took a hit during this time because you weren't already existing. Totally. And kind of what does that look like to be like, oh crap, now that the shit hit the fan, now to try to be online when everyone's online, I've seen a lot of business owners struggle with that. And, and then you shut down. Back. Completely. And then you, you take that. And now that everybody's home and everybody's online and paying attention, these issues that have been the Black Lives Matter movement is not new to this year. This has been going on for years. And they've been trying to they've yeah, been trying to spread this message for years. The movement now, has been happening forever. Mm-hmm. The movement has has been happening since 1690. The movement, exactly. it, it, it gets it gets new names with different generations who come to push forward what the ancestors prior to them have already been laying the foundation for. So there's an, always a new like road we're on, but there's never a new mission. The yes. mission is just evolving with the time. So like, what's the mission you want to be a part of mm-hmm. evolving with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for so many years, it's been black people on this mission black mm-hmm. people, you know making way for other people to feel more accepted in different ver- you know full fuller versions of themselves because they get inspired by seeing someone do something amazing but what does it look like now that more people are like oh they're just noticing something that has already been in existence for so long. yes and i think a big part of this is calling yourself out like, I think for me, I've, I grew up in Southern California. I have very liberal parents. Like I've always been in support of Black Lives Matter. I haven't ever publicly said that on my social media. So for me, I'm just what like, does support look like? exactly, exactly. What does support look like? Exactly. And I think it's, yeah. it's, I, I did a whole post in the group about, of calling myself out. Like here are all the ways I experience white privilege in my job without even meaning to be oppressive, without even meaning to try to like, contribute to the larger problem but it's it's yeah. simple like sourcing stock photos if i go to source stock photos and i type in woman i will majority see people that look like me why yes. is that? same thing with gifts what gifts mm-hmm. are you using if you're using totally. a gif of a black woman acting all crazy and that's what you feel like is the emotion that you were trying to go for it's like why use that imagery yeah. Yes, I saw this whole article, and then maybe we're referencing the same one, where it's like yes. black face of gifts, where it's like, yes. why does this this persona of a person of color become this almost a caricature 
of yes. regular human emotion. Like, why yeah. does that, why is that? Why as a culture have we adopted this? And and how do we make sure of that and marketing to be hyper aware of it? Not only hyper aware, but to be proactive and making mm -hmm. sure that we're no, taking steps to not be doing this because it's wrong. Yes. It's just another thing that basically the way I see it, that black people add to the culture of our society that the rest of the culture actually admires because mm -hmm. it may be a gift of someone laughing really loud or like, you know, really feeling a certain feeling to a level that maybe another person has never given themselves permission to do. Mm -hmm. And they're seeking approval by posting a gift that allows them to have an emotion or a feeling or an experience in a way that they've never given themselves the ability to do. So I think it's, I, I think everything's deeper than, than what we really, you know, totally. give credit for, but it's like, you know, do some self work and consider why does that person feel more like me than the person who actually looks like me? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to point out the fact that like we're all part of one human race, like that people have different strengths and weaknesses and that the, the color of someone's skin should not be the criteria by which we judge whether those are valuable or not valuable. Like, I think that there's just this is so multilayered, but I think it's also to the point where we talked about started talking about on Instagram is like yeah. creativity and what we call being creative and creative inspiration is a mishmash of everything that you've ever consumed ever. Mm -hmm. Like it's pulling different parts and pieces. And as someone who studied art history, I love doing this in my work. Yeah. I love working with a brand saying like, okay, like you talked about Zen and, and Buddhism and like all these foundational pieces that have this profound impact on your life. Let's find a way to celebrate that and bring that into the brand in a way that's respectful and in a way that helps yes. to educate in a way that, that, that celebrates this culture, celebrates this, whatever that is, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's black culture, whether it's Latin culture, how can we do all these things in a way that's still, that's still also protecting the sanctity that is that, that group? Do you know what I mean? So I'm interested to ask you, what in your opinion is that, because it's a very gray area between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation. And maybe you can break down and help us navigate, especially as yeah. most of the people in this group are marketers, where you feel that line is or how to, what are kind of the red flags of, of starting to get into like bad territory? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually having this conversation with a friend like two days ago around like, what does it mean to culturally appreciate versus culturally appropriate? And when it comes to cultural appropriation, it's where I think the line is, is when you lose a sense of honor and respect for the culture mm -hmm. that you're benefiting off of. So, mm -hmm. and that, that may look like in tangible terms, like who are you giving credit to when you mm. create off of the things that inspires you? So, you know, the, we were talking about like, oh, I got inspired to buy this hat, you know, because I was wearing a hat. Like that's, that's a layer that's like, okay, cool. But let's say I was wearing, um, you know, this, this African um, mm. cloth on my head and then somehow magically you went out and felt compelled to buy African cloth, but you went and you bought it from um, Forever 21 because they had a sale on a, a, a watered down version of a similar cloth rather than going to Lemur Park in Los Angeles where there's a culture, a community of people who 
who buy authentically from the African designers in Ghana, you know? So it takes sometimes a few extra steps to culturally appreciate than the easy one step it may take for you to culturally appropriate. Because cultural appropriation can look like, oh, I'm going to go buy this Halloween costume and I'm going to be a, you know, fill in the blank thing that is offensive to lots of people instead of I'm curious about, you know, indigenous cultures and I want to go learn more about them. So I'm going to go to the museum of et cetera, et cetera, heritage to understand more about them. And then I now wear this necklace because I love this necklace I got from that museum because it taught me about the ground on which I live on. And I just purchased a home that is on the ground of ancestors that I want to just pay homage to personally. Completely, completely. And and being in Southern California, there's a huge like Latin and Mexican influence. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's there's this irony of these very white, very suburban neighborhoods being on streets with Spanish names. Yes. And then right. the way we right. say them, honey, child. The yeah. way we say the names. I'm yes. like, it is it is not <laughs> Los Feliz. It is Los Feliz. Like, please yes. just say the name of your city even right. Yes, I'm with you completely. I'm with you completely. And I think it's it's something that unless you're you're challenging yourself to pay attention to these things, it's really easy to turn a blind eye to them and to just kind of be like, yeah, whatever, right? Like even yeah. down to using I had this whole like like light bulb moment of like how many times have I used Lizzo lyrics in an Instagram caption? When mm-hmm. like, okay, hold the phone. Do like, you know why I, her lyrics okay. exist in the way they exist? Like Lizzo is somebody that I've followed for so many years before she got famous. Just like we were talking about it takes work to be a breakout sensation or, you know, like she's someone who's been advocating for a certain community for a really, really long time, which is why, like, if you watch the BET Awards, which was just first streamed on, Mm -hmm. on network television for the first time, she says in that session in the time when she was featured that like BET awards is where she felt the most proud of the recognition that she got because she it was the community that she was advocating for that recognized her for her work and that's what she was like okay I've made it because my community feels honored and respected by what it is that I do I've not quote unquote sold out Right. No, I think that that's such a fabulous point. And I think her rise to fame and success is so fascinating to me because just like you're saying, like, I kind of knew of Lizzo, like a little bit. It sounds so hipster, right? It's like, I knew her. <laughs> I did. I, I, there were her songs that I was listening to, I don't know, a few years prior to her, like kind of hitting the charts. And, and I was on it. And I was like, okay, I see this, but also a big fan of my personal music tastes all over the place. But I love Alex. Alabama Shakes and their main guitarist Brittany is yes. a freaking badass. Badass. She's in her t- young 20s. I saw her in concert. She looked like she had the energy that you did walking in this fashion show where she was playing guitar and her eyes are closed and she's singing and she was just, she just oh, like radiated energy just out of her. Fantastic. Amazing. One of the best been to and I think I'm so magnetized to that I'm magnetized to that kind of creativity and and confidence like it gets me fired up and I yes. want to celebrate that. and I think that that's worth pursuing as well is like it shouldn't matter yes. what that person looks like or what their background is or anything like let's celebrate mm-hmm. that that's universal that's emotional mm-hmm. exactly 
Have you had any of these I, like, lightning bolts of creativity or inspiration strike you that you can think of as an example? And I mean, for me, right now, being in the sort of state of the world that we're in, I'm finding myself being more creative than I normally was because I'm not, I've created an environment where I'm not being pulled in directions that don't serve. So I'm making very conscious choices because now we're all at home now, like, like, like forcefully, for lack of a better phrase, like at home. And, you know, safety is a big part of that. Safety's always been something that that's been like a concern for me my whole life growing up. And now I'm at a point where, where safety is affecting everyone. And I'm like, no, I've been in this training ground forever. So weirdly, like, I'm like, I'm finally at a place in life where I actually feel comfortable and safe with where I literally am physically. So I'm able to do more work on myself mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. and spiritually, which has allowed my creativity to soar in different ways because I'm tapping into the things that fuel me. Like one thing that fuels me is, it's going to sound weird, but is fear. Interesting. So like, take yourself for an example. Like what, think about the last time you were nervous or um, just a little bit scared to do something, but you told yourself, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And oh, I can tell you right now, it's talking, to a lender. it's talking to a lender about seeing what I could qualify for, for buying a home. I'm practicing it insanely. And my parents are so mad at me because they're like, just talk to them. And I was like, no, because I don't want them to tell an answer I don't want to hear. Honey. And so it's becoming a cycle there because I'm just like, huh. and that they haven't even told me anything yet. And I won't even, I can't even like bring myself to give them a call back because I'm mortified and terrified that they're going to be like, yeah, good luck lady. Like come back to us when you have enough money to buy a house. Like uh, that I'm going to be dismissed. This, That's the fear. You I'm couldn't saying. have picked a better thing to, to say right now because I just, <laughs> I actually just went through that whole process and that's what I was alluding really? to when I said, I finally feel safe because six months ago I bought my, I bought a home. Amazing. And I I never, ever, ever thought I would, let alone like growing up in South Central LA where I hope to have food on the table to now being able to fill a fridge and like being able to just do basic things. That is, and giving myself permission to say, well, I'll just see. Like me buying a home started out with, well, I'll just go to an open house it turned into someone saying, well, I know someone who could help you. It turned into me going to one place and not liking the vibe that they were giving me of what I could or couldn't do in terms of buying a home and then finding a new person to help. The right person to help you is out there. It may be these people. It may not be. But a lot of times when we face fear head on and we actually choose to walk in this fear, we get out of the other side feeling like, like ferocious in a way. Like, like modeling in four fashion shows. When I, when that, when I was, when I got told, like, I want to book you, I want to book you, I want to book you. I was like, what? I went from just trying to model on my little Instagram page to like people actually wanting to, to have me walk in their clothes. I was terrified, but I said to myself, I know how to walk. Yeah. (laughs) Why, why, why am I scared of walking? At the Mm -hmm. bare minimum, why are you scared of talking to a person who may want to help you? Exactly. Exactly. So walk into fear and use fear as your fuel. So right now, my fear of my culture being 
you know, not respective. My, my fear of my, you know, creative, the creative economy caving in on itself. Mm -hmm. Like all of these fears fuel me to do the work I do. They fuel me to make an, a world that's better than the one we're currently in. Because if we sit stagnant, then where are we going to end up later? We're going to still be stagnant. I'd rather move towards something that's meaningful than hold myself back from something that could be transformational. Oh, that's Maybe that's exactly the message I needed to hear, I think. <laughs> That's serendipitous, like right there, right off the bat. But I think, yes. I mean, to bring it back to the race conversation, I listened to armchair expert John Legend was a guest on Dax Shepard's podcast, and they were talking about Black Lives Matter. And John Legend brought up this whole point that I'd never even considered about the color of law and about, which is a book. And then he talks about also how there's an undeniable but, but ever present blanket of racism happening within real estate. Oh, and honey, yes. I personally had a black lender, I had a black real estate agent, and I bought my home from a black person. Amazing. Amazing. Again, something that I, I never crossed into my consciousness, like literally never crossed into my consciousness. And I feel there is like some guilt there. I'm like, holy crap, how did I even not know that this was happening? And it's, I think his point on the podcast was saying is like, it's so, it's so embedded in a cult, this culture mm -hmm. that it's like people forget that like that there's just this underlying problem like it's and i think that's exactly yes. what it's about like let's strip back these layers let's peel back the curtain and be like hello it's a mess in here like can we do something about this that's yes and acknowledge it acknowledge it yes. like i i'm always saying get comfortable with the uncomfortable and and live in it yeah. we're all in this together it, there's a difference between just saying that and actually being like making yourself an ingredient in the gumbo like, you know, do, do you actually want to mix with all the seasonings? Do you really want to create the flavor that we all get to taste? Or do you want to just wait till it's all cooked and eat all of the, you know, eat all the food up? Like, I'm the type that wants to be a part of making something whole and magnificent. Mm -hmm. And I think that as creatives, we have the power to do that. That's yeah. like the biggest thing. We have the power. We cr creatives create culture. Yes. So what and how the culture that anyone now can have a platform like this is why yes. I think it became this perfect storm of like social media, plus everybody's at home and paying attention, plus the people that have the voices that have been saying this stuff for so long. Now we're listening like, hello, just shut up. Yeah. And listen. It's, it's been very interesting. Like the people that have popped up into my life and come out the woodwork and are like, oh, Elena, do you want to talk about this? And I'm like, yeah, girl, I've been talking about it for the last five yeah. to ten years, but I, but I'm glad we're, sure. we're 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 doing more than talking now. We're understanding what are our action steps. Mm. So tell us about your program for cultured learners. This is a perfect yeah. into everything you've yeah. got going on. So really, the way that I sort of define a cultured learner is actually anyone that identifies as a creative professional. So as cultured learners, as creative professionals, we have to make sure we're continuing to invest in ourselves to become more cultured, to become better educated, because the work we do literally shapes the culture. So, you know, the image that you create, that's something that someone sees that goes into their minds that helps them see a stronger version of themselves. You know, the clients you choose to work with or support, 
that invests certain money that goes into certain places that creates the systems with which we all then get to work in or the generations after us may work in. So in terms of that responsibility that we have, because we're the ones that are literally responsible for shaping the culture of our world, creative shapes culture, like consider that responsibility. So how do you want to shape culture or overcome oppressive systems in your creative field that seem to hold you back or communities that you might care about back? Like that's the type of stuff I'm focused on um, creating through my program. So the coaching program that I'm building is meant to really sort of amp up culture warriors who happen to show up as creative professionals in the way that they work in the world. A true professional knows that they are forever a student of life. And so, you know, to kind of like give you a sneak peek, my my program is based in collective education as a foundation for like radical elevation. It's really for the creative who wants to do more, make more, and change more. So if you're listening to this conversation right now and, and you're feeling little tingly feels like that means that you were meant to hear this and this program was literally made with you in mind. So that's really what I'm building. And if anyone wants to get involved with it and be a part of, um, you know, my mission to change the world, <laughs> then they can just go to my website, elinamuslar.com. And on the context and contact page, there is a newsletter sign up that you can sign up for. And if you sign up for it, I'll be sure to keep you in the know when I launch enrollment for the program. And there will be a special discount rate for anyone who is coming from the Kiss My Aesthetic community. So I am just excited to help creatives push the boundaries of their potential. Yeah, and we'll make sure to drop that link in the comments of this video as well. And also in the description of the podcast, once it goes live, this audio will be on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, hey, um, so breaking the fourth wall there a little bit. Um, Hey, girl, hey. No. (laughs) Um, Since to bring it, break the fourth wall, bring it full circle and talk about theater again, (laughs) just because I have have you been watching the Hamilton, uh, the show on Disney Plus like crazy? Because my family's watched it approximately eight times. Yeah. I actually saw the original Broadway cast in five years ago, and um, and and for kicks because I'm crazy, I auditioned for the show when the first national tour happened, and oh. just because I love I love the show so much, I I mean I I don't like do theater as an actor all the time I it, yeah. but it's my foundation and so I just knew that this was like a cultural phenomenon and I just wanted to see what it was like so I I've been watched I watched it on my tv I got to have the whole experience and I was like it took everything in me to not to sing every single word because I was watching it <laughs> with family and I was like, I want them to feel the fury on. So I'm going to, now I'm just singing it all over the place and back into the zone I was in five years ago. But it's interesting looking yeah. at the show now and just how much, how, how much more commentary there is about it, like critical theory around what Hamilton means, what telling this story with these people in these mm-hmm. roles actually means for us as a culture and that part is the part that's been really interesting for me to bear witness to and be able to experience because 
the show is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It is creativity that has shifted culture, that has opened up dialogue, gotten people interested in politics, you know? So, so your and creativity has the power. And music and it's such a wonderful It's created respect for an art form like rap that hadn't necessarily reached that level. There were other musicals that, that had done that, but on a smaller scale. And so interesting to see how our society responds to different forms of like creative genius. Yes. And Lima Well Miranda, creative genius. Brilliant. Brilliant. I talked about Khan, your work. He sold it for 75 million to Disney. So like, yes, I, I'm sure you and I could each write a dissertation about Hamilton and like, the impact on, on creativity and culture because there's Hold on. so much. So much. Yeah, maybe we should do another that. podcast episode just like that. But anyway, yeah. Thank you a million times. Thank you for coming on. I could talk to you all day. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, connect with you. We'll make sure to drop the website link. But where yes. else? And what other stuff are you cooking up coming down the pipeline? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram. That's my main platform. So Lily Marie Creates. But it's not. It's over there. I don't know. But <laughs> please follow me there. Um, and I am really at a place where I am doing much more coaching of groups. I'm working with different theater companies, um, with the university that I, that I do a lot of coaching for. I'm also in a mentorship program where I'm able to, to mentor some emerging talent. And so if you're someone who's really, um, identifies as a early career creative or creative that's at a juncture point in your career. So like you're trying to make a change, but you can't quite hammer down what that is. That come to me. <laughs> you can go straight to my website and connect with me there, elinamuslar.com. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for being able to talk with you and to connect with all of you that are watching or listening. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. wonderful. Well, have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great time if you're listening to this on the podcast. And don't forget to connect with Alina and we'll catch you next time. Yes. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.